The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Feel it coming in the air. Yeah. And the screams from everywhere. Yeah. I'm addicted to the thrill. I'm ready. It's a dangerous Stop. love affair. Can't be scared when it goes down. Got a problem, tell me Stop. now. Only thing that's on my mind is who gonna this town tonight. Welcome to Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk. Tuesday morning, Phoenix, Arizona. And as Kwame said, of course, we are global across the world. Uh, Alex Clancy, Deborah Debris in studio. Kwame's doing some training up north, so he might chime in a little bit later. But for now, it's the Deborah and Alex show. Ta-da. Uh, Deb, how's everything going? I haven't seen you for a week. Everything's going well? Everything is going well. Just got booked to do uh, three different uh, training camps for football as everybody's starting to get ready for the uh, Pro Development Day and Combine, so I'm going to be speaking uh, here in town at a few camps, liking that. Man, they just overlap, overlap, overlap. Yeah, I'm telling you, it's that time of year. Football, 365 days a year, which is fantastic, and I feel like Roger Goodell has done a fantastic job. Say what you wish about him, but marketing his brand uh, makes it truly a day-to-day thing, new things coming up every day, even if if it's the off-season. So I will look forward to the off-season. I'm looking forward to the next few weeks of of uh, playoff games as well. So we'll talk about that a little later. We'll definitely start with the BCS championship game. Great game, finally. Last three years, they were dud finals games, and uh, now we actually had one of of substance, storylines, uh, Heisman Trophy winner, freshman, first freshman to win the national championship game as a starting quarterback. Uh, so a lot of good things. We'll probably talk a little NBA. Big trade last night, Andrew Bynum to the Bulls, uh, along with three draft picks. The Bulls sent Lou Aldang to the Cavaliers. I'll get a little bit more in-depth uh, into that later. We'll definitely preview again the divisional playoff games for the NFL coming up this weekend and a very strategic play by the Indianapolis Colts signing a player that used to play for the New England Patriots that actually won <laughs> Super Bowl MVP years back. So uh, we'll, we'll definitely talk about that later. But first, 34-31 victory for Florida State over Auburn last night. You know, this, this game could have gone myriad ways. You know, you have Auburn, who shouldn't be here to begin with, a Hail Mary and a 109-yard missed field goal return against uh, Alabama set this up. They rushed for 500 yards in the SEC championship game, beat Missouri, and they were pretty much on the doorstep of winning a national championship. Totally improbable, but Florida State, Jameis Winston, best player on the planet in college football, according to the poll voters, comes down with 77 seconds left. Go six for seven, and uh, they win the game. Uh, they were helped with a uh, with a defensive pass interference against the kid who ran the hundred nine yard kickback against uh, Alabama that that set them up first a goal on the two with under thirty seconds left. But this game went back and forth the whole game. Uh, halftime, Auburn was up twenty one ten. It was interesting. They they really they set the pace. They set the pace for the whole first half. Jameis Winston didn't do much. Um, Trey Mason had a great game. Uh, I, I just helped his draft stock for when he chooses to come out. 
uh, that running back is he's electric and um, th- they pretty much had the first half in their hands. And, you know, it was it really until the fourth quarter when uh, Jameis Winston just kind of turned it on. Uh, Nick Marshall had a very costly interception for Auburn. Um, what but, really what really set the pace for me was the fourth and four fake punt uh, by Florida State to get them down and, and to get a field goal at the end of the first half. Now, what, when they were lining up for the punt, I was like, and this is not, it's easy, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. but I really thought, I'm like, this is a perfect time in a perfect scenario in a perfect game to run a fake punt. And, and they did, did. And did you say that out loud before the fake punt? I was or like, after? W- w- no, before. I was like, uh, I was like, watch <laughs> a fake checking. punt. Watch a fake punt. Watch yeah. a fake punt. And it was. It, I, I didn't understand how. Uh, you know, it, it was. It was kind of a scary way to do it with the reverse because you could lose more yardage than than actually punting the ball. It, it was interesting how you know they gained the four yards, and after that, you could just kind of see Auburn go, oh. Oh yeah. Okay, yeah. Ooh. These guys are number one for a reason. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's, it's they, a game on. Yeah, I mean, yes, they did win all of their other games by average total of forty-two points. So it, it's interesting that that Florida State was smacked in the face by a team that an SEC team that had played tough games all year that really had nothing to lose, and they, they stuck it to him in the first half. So let's first half. Where do you think the mindset is for Jameis Winston when he's never really been trailing? His whole and his whole college career, and you're down 21 10 going in the locker room. What is he telling his guys? What is Jimbo Fisher telling his guys who just got a five year extension uh, because he has the Heisman Trophy winner, in my opinion? But what do you think? What do you think the mindset is in halftime before we talk about the second half? Well, this is one of the things. I mean, you've always got to look at you know who are your players and how are you going to pump them up. And this is where it comes down to knowing your players. Is it is it better to put the fear of whoever into them? And jack them up that way, or is it better to pump them up that you can do this type of thing? And you've got to know your player, you've got to know the culture in order to know which way to go, because either one will work based on the culture of the team. The other thing I look at is the resilience of a team. Anytime I'm working with a player, one of the things I look at is, can you play the fourth quarter as well as you played the first? Do you have the amount of resilience and power and strength and speed in order to play the fourth quarter? And you've got to be able to know how to manage your energy throughout the entire game so that you can be at your absolute best on every single play, which means what are you doing on the sidelines? And that is going to make the difference in who wins or loses at the end of the game. How much of that do you think has to do with Jameis Winston having Heisman fever? Like how much of it, he's been away from football for so long, he's done all of the interviews, he won the Heisman Trophy, all of these things, and with with how long they had to wait to play this game, was there an issue with mental readiness or was he looking at, hey, I won the Heisman, we're in the national championship game, we're just going to run over these guys like we run over everybody else. I mean, it's a human thing to think that. You can be mentally tough. He just turned, he turned 20 yesterday, mm. so you can't obviously ask these guys to do more than, more than they're capable at that age. So with, the, with him winning the Heisman and with all of that being in the forefront with this game, leading up to this game, do you think that that was in his head? I, I mean, well, and even, it, even subconsciously. Well, and subconsciously, sure, it can be in their head. And again, that goes back to the individual player because some players will do just exactly what you say. It's like, uh, you know, looking at, you know, looking at the evidence, you know, there should be no way that we're going to lose this. We're just going to run all over it and things are going to be great. As an individual player, what they need to be doing is looking at how can I put a cap on everything? How am I going to really put the cherry on top of everything that's been happening and go out of um, 
on the field and be at my absolute best. And that means doing the conditioning, mental, mental conditioning, strength conditioning, emotional conditioning, everything during that off time. So when the, you know, whistle blows, you're out there do, doing your absolute best. And that's an individual player thing as well. And I, I couldn't help but think that if he was eligible for the draft, then maybe the mental toughness wouldn't have come back. If if he is checked out to that point, and this is all this is all hearsay. I mean, this is all j- just an idea of maybe why they got smacked in the face right away. That if say he was already going to be the number one overall pick, that would make it even more difficult for him to have the mental toughness to continue and to maybe bring his team back. But because he's coming back, mm-hmm. because he now will have something to prove even more next year. Mm-hmm. How can you beat a Heisman a Heisman winner and a national champion as a freshman? I don't understand how he's going to be able to top that. You can't. You can tie it. You can't top it. Your numbers can be well, better. And those are two things that he did in college. So he's got to be looking right now at the pros. And what is it going to take for them to, for the scouts and the teams to continuously look at me and want to bet on me to be the one that they're going to take and to take that top position? It's the same thing when I look back at, you know, ASU and the way they just played. It's, you know, we had that discussion a couple of weeks ago that when you let off and you lose, in a bowl game, I mean, that's just a bunch of crap. There's no way that you should ever let off the gas. You know, you're out there to prove yourself as an individual player. I don't care what season, what year you are in college. Um, you know, the scouts are always looking. They're looking at freaking high school. They're starting to look at grade schools now. You better be playing your absolute best every single game. Yeah, but playing your best as an individual doesn't yield wins. Usually, I mean, you know, it doesn't yield and, wins, but it does, a, it does yield draft. Yeah, well, definitely, and, and I think that... It, the, the hole is better than the sum of whatever that thing is. Yeah. I, I don't feel like yeah. I'm um, you, <laughs> That's you, high math. We yeah, don't mind well, doing that here. <laughs> you, have, uh, you have these bowl games that really mean nothing except for draft stock and except for, and except for preseason rankings for next year, which are gigantic, even mm-hmm. though they shouldn't be. And, you know, uh, who's going to start next year? I mean, there are things within the team, but with the grand scheme of college football, they don't mean jack. You know, except for the preseason rankings. So I do believe that letting up off the gas, so many teams lost that were the higher, they were higher ranked than their bowl opponents. I mean, I think five out of six ending the year was that way. So, you know, maybe uh, four, four out of six because Missouri won. Um, I think that it, it's a detriment to these guys because now they're put in under the microscope singular, singularly. Uh, yeah, yeah, individually. Yeah. I, I was going to mix it One two. at a time. Uh, individually. <laughs> so it's difficult to play as a team when you're trying to do the best for yourself to it, to strengthen your draft stock or well, strengthen the, your position to maybe be a starter next year if you're a second string guy. But the reality is when you're playing your absolute best at your position, you are helping the team. You know, especially look at a quarterback position. You know, if they're just you know backing off and not playing at their absolute best, and they're the leader of the team. Look at the the NFL, and I know we're not in the NFL yet, but look at what's, what went on this weekend with um, Indianapolis. Yeah. I mean, they. <laughs> you talk about a quarterback leading the team into a win. You know, that's a guy that's got his mental attitude and saying, screw what's just happened, what's past is past. I'm playing right now in this moment to make it happen. Man, Kwame ripped him yesterday for those three interceptions. I hope he comes in <laughs> so we can so I can have somebody on my side once again because we almost strangled each other yesterday. Um, so let's go to the second half. It's uh, 21-13. Florida State comes down and scores. Really good drive, long drive. Uh you know they, they now they're within striking distance. Now it's actually a game. It's twenty one ten and twenty one thirteen. It's very very different going into going into the fourth quarter because I, I think that mm. Florida State put up a field goal in the third quarter. So the fourth quarter is where everything happened. 
at the end of the game, 24 points were scored in, I believe, four minutes. So it was just out of control finish. And I believe at that point, it's just like flip a coin to see who wins. I mean, Jameis Winston, yes, he marched all the way down after Trey Mason had a 31 yard touchdown run. And, and, it's, it showed the intestinal fortitude that we had been waiting for the whole year because he never needed to show it. He only mm. had 25 fourth-quarter passes the whole year, mm. which is I think it was 171st in the BCS. So that showed how much they didn't need him in the fourth quarter, which showed that he really didn't need to do anything important the whole year except for get a big lead and then let the second-string guy play or, also, or, just, or just pound the football in the fourth quarter. But it also shows me if I'm sitting up in the stands or watching on TV as a scout that this is what the guy is capable of and this is what he hasn't been doing up till now. Absolutely. So and what's I, it going to take to motivate him because he's got skills and talents and is he motivatable or is he just going in? I don't even know if that's a word. Like, who but cares? Who cares? It works. Uh, and, you know, what's it going to take to be able to consistently depend on him? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and, and they got a gift because uh, Levante Whitfield had the 100-yard kickoff return to put them up 27-24. This stuff doesn't happen in national championship games. Like, this really doesn't. And it's it's fantastic the way it transpired. And and it, it, the the uh, cojones it had for Auburn just to come down after getting punched, to be like, oh, my God, we're losing now yeah, after this huge lead with four and a half minutes left. Trey Mason, he's going to be so good in the NFL, and, and I really hope he goes to a it goes to a, a situation where he can flourish. I really hope he does. Um, and then you know, seventy nine seconds left, and the rest is history. So this is really, I mean, it, this is a la you know USC uh, Texas when Vince Young was fourth and long mm. to win the game. He rushed for two hundred yards. Trey Mason's uh, one sixty five or one ninety five, I should say, was second most in a BCS championship game. So. You know, I'm really excited to see what happens for both of these teams. Gus Malzahn, obviously coach of the year. They went 3-9 and nine to, uh, to the BCS championship game this year at Auburn. Um, I'm curious to see what will happen. We're going to talk more about Jameis Winston on the other side of the break. Kwame's joining us on the line. Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk, Alex Clancy, Deborah Debris in studio. We will be right back. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Hi, I'm Joe Swedish, CEO of WellPoint. We proudly support the March of Dimes and all they do to reduce the rate of premature birth in the United States. Though premature births have recently declined, still half a million babies are born too soon each year. We're helping the March of Dimes fund cutting-edge research and community programs that help moms and their babies live healthier lives. Please visit MarchofDimes.com and join us in working together for stronger, healthier babies. The job of a professional athlete is never complete. In Life After the Game, host Lamar Campbell will take an inside look at how athletes are making the transition from the professional athletics world to the professional business world. You'll understand the goals, motivations, and personalities that drive these players off the field and in their post-professional career. Tune in to Life After the Game with Lamar Campbell every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Sports and medicine go hand in hand. Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, you won't be up to your game on the field. 
That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine. From the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week, Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Welcome back to Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk. Alex Clancy, Deborah Debris in studio. We had Kwame, we lost him. I'm sure he'll call back in the next few minutes. We've been talking about the national championship game again. If you did not watch 34-31 Florida State over Auburn last night, very, very exciting game, especially in the in the depths of hell that we've had in the past three seasons with Notre Dame and Alabama last year and LSU and Alabama the year before, which was a blowout. And then Cam Newton versus Oregon, the Michael James. I think it was uh, 22-19, which was supposed to be this huge, high-scoring game that never really happened. And um, I'm happy that this one. I, I just wanted to see 60 points scored, and I got what I wanted, even though I put on Facebook at halftime, you shouldn't give your head coach an extension until he wins a big game. I ate my words. I'm happy that they came back and we got to see an exciting game. Jameis Winston will be coming back next year due to NCAA and NFL rules. He will be the starting quarterback for Florida State. They will be number one preseason ranked in my, I mean, I would guess so. I'm sure Alabama will be number two. And they can't lose next year. I do believe that they need to have a more difficult preseason schedule than what they had this year. There's a lot of things that will be coming down on Jameis Winston as to how he can better himself from this year towards next year. He's probably going to be the number one overall pick, barring any injury or barring any catastrophic meltdown that he may have. I don't believe that with his body type, stature, arm strength, um, knowledge already of the game and pocket presence as a pocket-passing quarterback that happens to be able to you know, uh, elude a blitz or um, elongate a play like Russell Wilson does, I, you know, so I don't consider him a running quarterback, but he's able to run. I do believe that he's going to need to make some changes and he's going to need to become better if he's going to start for start as a quarterback coming out of uh, the draft, you know, at the end of next year. A lot of things will be coming with that. There's going to be so much pressure about him being the number 1 overall pick. Look at Jadavian Clowney this year. Um some people are going to say he should just sit next year because how can you get better than your stock right now? Uh he's going to need to be relevant. He can't lose two games next year. Because then this national championship thing, I mean, it, yes, he will go down the lore as the first freshman to ever win a national championship game as a quarterback. However, if you have a huge uh, landslide backwards as a franchise this year, which I don't think will happen, um, there's going to be some answers that will need, some questions that will need to be answered um, leading up to draft day at the end of next year. So, Deborah, uh, this, is, this is your wheelhouse here. Mentally, emotionally, physically, how can he keep himself from sliding backwards when he has the world at his feet right now? Well, this is one of the things. You look at where you are right now as your baseline. He knows who he is. He knows what he's capable of. And now we have higher expectations. He should have higher expectations of himself, and everybody else is going to have higher expectations for him. That in itself can cause a lot of stress. He has to stay within his own being, mean, no meaning, Let's tie that again. (laughs) Meaning having his own self-identity, really understanding who he is as a player. A couple things that he can do. 
set idealistic and realistic goals. I do this all the time with my players. You have to set stats mentally, physically, and emotionally as well as technically as to where are you now, where do you want to be? Where do you want to be at the end of training going into OTAs? And if that's the case, then you break it down to week by week. What are you going to do different to make those steps forward into becoming who you want to be going into OTAs? Another thing you mentioned was... um, uh, stock right now, how is he ever going to get better than the stock he has right now? Well, he can. The other thing he has to look at is who else is coming up because he could drop just based on who else is coming up. So it may not be that his stock has, that, that he's done anything different. It's just somebody else is coming up that starts showing up next season that didn't show up as strong this season. The other thing he can do on the off season is really study the films. You study films looking at not judging yourself on what you did wrong. You study films and you are aware of where you can get better. And you start really, there's a lot of things that I do through the um, imagination where they can practice in their minds where I really slow it down to like a film on screen where the guys can watch in their imagination, watch themselves on an individual play, playing it really, really slow so they can see every amount of the technique that they have, the balance, the speed, the physicality that they need. And then we speed it up and we speed it up to the point that the film is running so fast and in color that it just, it just just clicks the brain and it really locks it in that that's the new pattern that they need to run. Yeah. And doing that, he'll come out uh, in OTAs being better than he is right now. And, and, and I hope that I hope that all happens. I hope the mental and emotional toughness gets there um, because he is in a position that not many young quarterbacks are. Uh, he, is, he is physically gifted. That's obvious. Um, he's already won a national championship. He's already won a Heisman. Okay, so now he can really micromanage himself and nitpick and and really learn as you said what his weaknesses are i do believe in my opinion the most important thing for him is obviously film learning learning coverages learning learning how to not make mistakes before he makes them mm-hmm. and becoming the best pocket passer he can become because now in the nfl this read option stuff is fine but a lot of times it takes guys a couple years like a uh, Kaepernick, take kaepernick away from it he's kind of been a premonition um but with cam newton and obviously RG3, but he's been riddled with injury. You need to learn how to become a pocket passer and just still keep the strength that you have of being able to run and elude and get first downs and things like that. But he has a full year of pretty much easy games. for him. He's, His physical abilities supersede pretty much everybody on the offensive side of the football takeaway offensive lineman. Um he needs to be able to become the best pocket passer he can become so he can get drafted number one overall, as people think he will at this point, and be able to make an immediate impact and not just the gimmick impact where they don't have NFL film on you so they can't watch the full-speed action that, that college football doesn't land when you're watching film on somebody. The other thing that can be done that isn't often spoken about is not only the technical skills and the strength and the mental and emotional aspect is the awareness. There's a lot of things that can be done because of the the brain and the eyes um, – work as a team in seeing what's going on, to have that awareness within a game when you're under stress, when you're under pressure, you've got guys running at you and you're trying to look for your guy downfield. So to be able to have that near focus where you can have a presence of what's going on, but also be able to have the far focus so you can see 
the pattern that where your guy is running, not where he necessarily is right now, but where he's headed to based on the defense coming at you and how things have changed on the field to be able to have that, uh, that acute awareness in the moment. Uh, and that's some of the things that can be worked on too and can be worked on through the mental and emotional strength conditioning. Yeah, absolutely. And one thing that just kind of bothered me, and, and we'll close up on this uh, after this, um, they didn't really play anybody. Um, Florida State. They played Clemson, who were number three at the time. They punished them. They they played Miami, who was number seven at the time, punished them. I'm not sure if that showed that Florida State was that much better or if Clemson at that point was overly ranked, which uh, too high ranked. I'm going to say overly it's, it's ranked. I don't care. It doesn't matter. This it doesn't matter. <laughs> and then Miami was was never as good as people thought thought they were. So I don't understand the difference between this and a Boise State. I mean, I, I know this is kind of far fetched because it's the ACC because they play better teams than than who Boise State played when they had Kellen Clemens and and Titus Young and and Doug Martin towards the end. I mean, I, I understand the, I understand the difference in conference, but if you beat teams by an average of forty two points and you just don't lose, does that yield you as being the best team in the in college football? And they got lucky because Alabama lost to Auburn in, in the mm-hmm. fashion that they did. Um, and take away uh, Alabama's bowl loss because they didn't care at that point. And that's another team that lost to a, to a worse team in the bowl games because they'd already proved everything they needed. Nick Saban, A.J. McCarron's going to be a third round, third round or higher draft pick. It didn't really matter. Do you think that the playoff – well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it a different way. I truly believe that if there were a playoff this year, Florida State wouldn't have been in the national championship game. I truly believe that because I think that they would have lost to – if it wasn't Auburn, it would have been somebody else in the top four, and because they got they got lucky with that hundred yard kickoff return. I mean, this is me being pessimistic about the team, but in in my opinion, I believe that a playoff may have yielded a different national championship final two teams and a different national championship ending. Well, it's uh, going to be really interesting next year too, with all the new rules and regs coming in and committee votes and all sorts of things as to what's going to happen. Well, yeah, but if they if they start number one and they play a schedule like they did this year, then They'll be the they'll be the number one seed yeah, again. Yeah, you win, win, win. You're in. Ugh. So I mean, I, you know what? The BCS got a nice send off. I kind of wish it would have been a little bit more uh, questionable with the rankings and, but everything kind of played out organically, which I wasn't too happy about because this would have been the final, the final middle finger up to the BCS for putting us through all this for for all these years. Um, but SEC loses their first national championship game in seven years. I guess that's a good way to go out. You know, you have an ACC team that they kind of came from the depths, and they haven't won. Na- this is their first national championship since 1999. So good for them, uh, Jameis Winston. I hope he comes back better and bigger and better than ever next year, and he takes that number one overall pick and just flourishes in the NFL. Because I don't ever really wish anybody to fail. Unfortunately, people in their minds, and we have about three minutes till break, so I do want to end on this. I wonder if the sexual assault thing will just kind of go away. Uh, because the the woman who accused him of sexual assault, her attorney said that she's going to file a civil suit against Tallahassee police and against Jameis Winston eventually. So this has kind of been uh, in the woodworks recently because of all, all the press and stuff for the, the, the BCS bowl game and everything and the Heisman and, and whatnot. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Maybe this will come out mid-next year. Maybe that'll hurt his draft stock. This is not going to go away because I do believe that the Tallahassee Police Department didn't do their due diligence. Um, this is totally my opinion. Um, and I do believe that this the 
attorney will do her due diligence to get to a point where there will actually maybe be some ramifications for what happened. And, and, and I don't know if he, I'm not saying he did this. I'm not saying anything, but I'm saying it was kind of swept under the rug faster than it should have been. And I do believe there will be some ramifications of for Jameis Winston coming up in the upcoming months. So what do you think? I mean, do you think that, that it's going to be more and more difficult to pin something on him because now he's the number one man in the world with regards to college football? Or do you think even more so you make a, you, you put, you do it, take well, him to trial I, because of who he is? Well, I heard you mention she as far as the attorney, so that means we've got more than likely a bulldog going after this, that she's going to represent her client to the best of her ability and is going to fight. Um, the question is, is it true or not? And that becomes the biggest question because we know that oftentimes these claims are made and they're not true. On the same token, some guys <laughs> behave badly uh, and really badly. So I, I don't know. I mean, usually what what often happens is the higher you go up the ranking, the more money that's involved, the quicker it goes away or is bought off in some way. It's a shame. If it is true, then there needs to be some type of punishment that goes with it. Depending on the severity, the punishment should go up to fit the crime. Um, and I don't know enough about it to know, even make an opinion as to the truth behind it or not. Yeah. I mean, it, it'll, it'll be interesting. Now they have even, even more ammo, even more things to take away from him if, in fact, this did happen. Hypothetically speaking, again, I'm not putting words in anybody's mouth here. Um, but it'll be interesting to see what happens because now he has a lot more to lose. So Kwame uh, Lasser Sports Talk, Alex Clancy, Deborah to bring in studio on the other side. We'll talk about the NFL playoffs and talk about an Indianapolis signing that um, might might pay some really uh, positive dividends for them going up against New England in New England. Alex Clancy, Deborah Debris, we'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports. Sports. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you? It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Get ready to talk sports with the big guys. Tune in to Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis every Tuesday for the inside and outside of the business of sports. Keith and his guests will provide expert commentary and answer all of your burning questions about your favorite team, the players, and what's next. It's time to have fun with the game. Listen for Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis and his favorite co-hosts every Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. The talk doesn't get any hotter. Want to know what's going on behind the scenes with your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network host? How about what's new with our network? Make sure you check out the iRadio blog, a look at what's hot at Voice America and beyond. Visit www.iradioblog.com today. Get the inside scoop on every channel on our network, including breaking news, featured guests, blog posts from our hosts, and much more. Make sure you sign up for our newsletter for even more inside action. Visit iradioblog.com today and stay connected. 
internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Now some of you might still be in that place. If you're trying to get out, follow me. Welcome back to Carmen Lasseter Sports Talk. Alex Clancy, Deborah Debris in studio. Um, you know, we were going to do NFL in the third segment. I do want to talk about an acquisition that the Indianapolis Colts made, but we're going to do that in the fourth segment. I want to do down and dirty with Deborah now. So, yeah, flip the paper over. You're all right. Go ahead. <laughs> you got to make up your mind, dude. Go ahead. Uh, all right. So, I, all I wanted to do here is really make an announcement about something I saw in the newspaper over the weekend that I thought was really pretty freaking awesome. Um, we've got everything going on in the NFL, uh, as well as other sports, around the brain injuries and the concussions and those type of things. And Barrow, who if you don't know Barrow, it's B, like in boy, A-R-R-O, hospital. They've come out with, their neurological team has come out with some new software that's free. It's an interactive video game. It's an app that helps kids learn how to avoid concussions. Now, it can, it's for children, 8 to 12. I you know, pulled it up, kind of went through it a little bit just to get an idea of what it was like before I brought it to you guys. Um, what it really does is it's, it's a game, obviously, video game. It has colors. It has movement. It has all the things that kids love. It can be played on an Android, Apple, Google Play, any of those type of apparatuses and apps. Um, there's a you know, football player that they've now come up with a bunch of music to go with it. It tracks statistics. Uh, music tracks, a lot of different colors that you can choose, your your logos, or not your logo, but your uh, uniform colors and those type of things. And what it does, as you move your player around the football field, it teaches you how to avoid collisions with other players. Not only does it teach you that, it also scores on how you answer questions about concussions, about avoiding concussions and about concussions and about brain injury. So as an adult... <laughs> Not a bad thing to do. Certainly as, a, as an adult or a coach that's teaching players, young kids, how to play the game and how to stay safe. I just wanted to make you aware of this because, again, it's, you know, it's something that was um, created by neurological brain center people, the really, really smart people that know doctors or well, some of them are doctors <laughs> some of them just spell big words um, but anyway it's just a great thing to be aware of if you just go to barrel it's b like in boy a r r o w brain ball so barrel brain ball dot com look it up uh it's Something that is worth taking a look at. Get yourself educated. Get your kids educated. Um, I know I had a phone call this week, just totally out of the blue. Somebody was looking up uh, sports, body language of all things. I know that doesn't necessarily match with the brain thing, but it's body language. And it was a young, a young guy who is coaching a team of 11-year-old kids. And he's coaching them, and he's already looking at how do I say the right things to the players? How do I keep the motivation going and yet keep them safe? You know, how do I um, take players that are really out there playing at their absolute best and are really, really hard on themselves and keep them motivated, motivated and teach them how to not get down on themselves? And then the players that aren't doing so well, that really just don't seem to care, what do I do with them? So we had an amazing discussion. It just found me completely out of the blue. I love talking with men because he picks up. I pick up the phone and he just says, "Hey, I'm so and so from. He's back. He's freezing his butt off right now." 
got an 11 year old kid, I want to talk to you. And that was it. That's how we opened the conversation. <laughs> but it was great because we were into it at that point. He called me again this morning on my way in. And I'm going to just give him some pointers every week on what he can do to help these 11-year-old kids play the game um, at a higher level to teach them how to be uh, positive about playing the game and still uh, stay safe. And as a coach and a father, to be able to know how to raise his son in a better way that he can raise a very strong, capable child into a man and do his absolute best at it um, so that no matter where the child ends up, whether it's in football, another sport, or just in life, that he's got a real real strong upbringing for it. So that was not the best segue going from the brain ball into that, but I That's just okay. wanted to make you aware we're talking about kids. Um, that's the time to catch the kids and really teach them um, not only about the sport of football and how to protect themselves and avoid concussions, but also how to very how to raise very strong kids just in life itself. How can you help people that already play college, NFL? They all play Madden, so... I mean, it's a little, it's a little, obviously a little bit different. Um, I, I understand. Like, it's good to start. I mean, that's 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 a great story. I mean, and it's a great idea for an application and and teaching kids and anything that can be educational and fun and especially life saving at a certain point um, is is beneficial. I just, I don't know. Is it this would have been a lot better served ten years ago? Um, Absolutely. However, do you think that? It will pay dividends, or do you think it's just a really good idea? And, my, and guess what is, I mean, my guess is it's a combination of both. Realistically, it's a combination of both because the question becomes how many parents, before a child gets injured, will take the time to study and then actually do something about it. Right, a lot it's of always people, the not not my my kid won't get hurt. My kid won't get hurt, and then exactly. Exactly. And, you know, there's a lot of people who will go out and even current football players, you know, will go out and they'll read all the information. They'll know and understand all the information. That doesn't mean they're going to do anything different with their normal behaviors. Uh, at some level, people don't want to hear it because, like you say, it's never going to happen to me. So it's kind of the finger in the ears, la, 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 don't talk to me about this because this may change how I play the game. And the reality is <laughs> that's the point. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so I mean, it'll be interesting if that can – if that can uh, cross over into the people that are actually in college right now or in or in the NFL, but I mean, they could be so uh, brainwashed is the wrong word, and I, I don't mm -hmm. like using that word, but so brainwashed um, by uh, just you know wanting to get to the next level, wanting to make the play, wanting to stay on the field. That it's just it's kind of overlooked with all the mental health stuff. Well, and there's that that duality of thinking when you look at some of the players and what's been happening uh, just over the last several years with the. Uh, retired players, you know, those that are putting, you know, guns to their chests or our uh, families are coming out and saying how difficult it is to live with the player and the player is saying how difficult it is to live with themselves because of the pain, the loss of memory, the, uh, you know, day-to-day -day functioning is just not there. It's not like it's supposed to be as you grow older. Uh, it's not that gentle growing older. It's a slap in your face at 30, 40, 50 years old. That's that's painful to live with. And until more of um, those players speak out and can speak out in a way that they're actually heard and in your face type of thing um, so that the parents of the children get it, so that the children get it. Because if the children understand and maybe are in fear and yet the parent is going, oh, no, no, come on, Johnny, let's get out there. You can do it. 
Um, Johnny's going to try to impress the parent. They're not going to, you know, worry about the fear factor. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, I don't know if there's an easy, I mean, there's not an easy solution for this. Either you lose a game or you lose quality of life afterwards if you choose to play the game. Well, and 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 it's like anything else. Why do soldiers become soldiers, men or women? You know, why do people jump out of airplanes? You know, uh, perfectly good people jumping out of airplanes with parachutes. It's because there's a thrill to it. You know, why did I go get in a, a cage with great white sharks, 14-foot sharks around me? Because you're an me? idiot. Because there's a thrill That's, there's to no, it. <laughs> there's nothing. I mean, the thrill, that is th- – that, mm-hmm. that just just idiot moves. It was fun. I, yeah. got, I got good pictures, that, dude. You know what? Good for you. You could show them to me. That's fantastic. I would uh. not step next to Jaws. I watch Shark Week, and that's close enough. <laughs> well, we all have our thing of how we you know, get the adrenaline rushing, um, and people need to feed that. I'm doing mine right now. Are you? That's Good it. That's all you. I need. It's, it's, it's cold in here. It's, it's perfect. You know, I drove here. It's, it's I didn't edgy because of the cold. I didn't in the have room. to put a wetsuit on. I didn't have to do it. anything like that. It's not 18 below, luckily, have, in here. Yeah, so. I don't have to watch my toes when I'm in the cage. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh God, it freaks me out. Um, okay, well, that was a good segue. Um, we have about four minutes still break. <laughs> that was Down and Dirty with Deborah. YourClearEdge.com, DebraDubree.com, backslash offer. Yes. Is that right? God, I'm good. You um, are good. And that's, that's to check out her book for a little special on her book. The telecast is done? Or the, thing you, the thing you did on the, uh, where you answered questions about the book? Did that already oh, no, happen? That's, that's in process. Somebody, if they want to still sign up for it, they can. The second class oh, starts like crazy, tomorrow. Well, it's like the, the thing. The thing. I got a lot of things I said going telecast. on, dude. Yeah. How many times uh, did Teleclass or telecall, yes. Whatever. So it it's, yeah, eight weeks. Uh, second week is tomorrow, so you can jump on. The first call was recorded, so you can still get into it. If you want to buy the book, go to averageisanaddiction.com, and you not only get the book autographed by me, you also get a recording of Larry Wingett interviewing me, and Larry Wingett is a six-times best-selling author. His latest book is uh, Grow a Pair, so it gives you an idea of what the personalities are like as we mash together on this audio. So, uh, yeah, check it out. You guys are up yours and... Up, up yours, yours and, damn straight up, up yours, dude. Up yours and Grow a Pair... <laughs> It's very very kid friendly with the double on top. Anyways, um, okay, we're gonna segue to the NFL. Indianapolis Colts. I've been talking about it uh, throughout the show. Indianapolis Colts sign Dion Branch, a former New England uh, wide receiver, Super Bowl uh, MVP, had eleven catches, hundred ten yards, touchdown, and a Super Bowl win. I, I wonder if this is just gamesmanship, or if he's actually gonna make if he's actually gonna be on the field. Because Bill Belichick has run pretty much the same offense. Obviously, he's shifted parts in and out. But Deion Branch was a part of that for, for a good part of time. Uh, so he, I think they, they cut him and released him. He went to Seattle. He came back. He left. He came back. He's been a New England Patriot, even though he hasn't been playing in the NFL. So this is a very interesting signing. I'm not exactly sure why he went to Indianapolis, why he chose to go there when they asked him to. Maybe he just wanted to play football again, which is understandable, especially because there is no... Um, well, I, what's the word I'm looking for? I've said this. I say no this once a hell? week. No, no, this, no, no I, I say this once a week. There's no loyalty in sports anymore. Ah, so you have. So he went over there. <laughs> if you need a mole in the system, you have it on your team now. You have. If you need the little idiosyncrasies of the Bill Belichick offense, you have it now. And it'll be interesting to see if it'll pay dividends. It really will be because going into the belly of the beast, going into Foxborough in the playoffs is a is a place you don't win at. It's a place where you don't win. And Tom Brady, 17-7 and seven in the playoffs, most wins by a quarterback in NFL history in the playoffs. 
I mean, you, you can you, use anything you can. You know, use any little advantage you possibly can think of. And this was this was a genius move by whoever tried to bring him in and and, and executed it because Andrew Luck needs another set of sure hands in the in uh, in his receiving core because they they've been uh, riddled with injury. And T.Y. Hilton can't do it himself. And, well, he did uh, uh, this past weekend, but you can't expect him to catch 13 balls for 224 and two touchdowns every week. You can't expect it. So we're looking at a twofer. A twofer. He gets a, he gets a, uh, a great wide receiver coming in to help Andrew Luck, and he also gets somebody who's got some knowledge to bring in about uh, the coaching and how the thinking occurs um, by the other quarterback. Absolutely. And I've said this, I said this yesterday morning that Indianapolis will beat New England in New England. This is the changing of the guard. This is when they, you really show who the best young quarterback is, and that's Andrew Luck. Well, so, the thing is, what Andrew Luck showed this last week, uh, even his team members as well as his coaches have got to have a different view of Andrew Luck than they did going into that game. I mean, they all thought he was good. They knew he has capabilities, but to take the team and, and do what he did with it, in those in that final you know half final quarter was freaking amazing. Sure. Um, he didn't give up. You can tell that he can play under pressure. And going into these type of games, you know it, that's that's the have to skill that you've got to have. You've got to be able to play under pressure. Absolutely, we've got to take a break. Alex Clancy, Deborah Debris in studio. Kwame Lasseter, Sports Talk. We'll be back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Sports and medicine go hand in hand. Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine. From the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week, Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fans' perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network and let's talk football. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. We gotta come up with a new last segment song, Kev. Um, he called me; will be upset about it, but I don't want that sexy voice anywhere near me. Uh, Alex Clancy, <laughs> Deborah to in studio. Kwame Lasseter, Sports Talk. Welcome back. This is the final segment. We've been a, a football-heavy show this week, which, uh, uh, today and yesterday, which we'll continue probably to do this entire week. We were just talking about uh, before going to break about Dion Branch being signed by the Indianapolis Colts. Indianapolis is going to New England, uh, I believe, Saturday evening. To play in the divisional AFC divisional uh, game, uh, you know, I, we'll see. I mean, this could all be smoke and mirrors. I'm not, I'm not really sure how much he'll actually help, but it can't hurt 
to have somebody that used to play with the, with the Patriots for an extended period of time. Um, talking about Andrew Luck, Tom Brady is better than Alex Smith. I'm not sure if you knew that, but he's he's better than Alex Smith, who is a quarterback for the Chiefs. Even though Alex Smith had a career day uh, against New England this past uh, against uh, Indianapolis this past weekend, Andrew Luck cannot afford to play as poorly as he did in the first half if they're gonna if they're gonna win this game. That was a lining of all the stars, all the Power Rangers uniting, all of these things happening that. If he did that nine more times, he probably wouldn't be able to come back and win it. So, especially with the injuries that that happened that uh, Kansas City had, that yielded his ability to be able to not worry about Jamal Charles, not worry about their best defensive back uh, Brandon Flowers, not worry about their backup running back Niles Nile Davis. That's not going to happen in New England. It's going to be cold. It's not going to be in a dome. You're going to need to run the ball more. Donald Brown, I think, ran the ball 13 times. I believe that number rings about 13 or 15 times. He's going to need to run the ball 20. They're going to need to balance the time on the clock better. Uh, and that's that's what Tom Brady does. That That's what veteran quarterbacks do, is they control the clock. They control the tempo of the game. And if you can take that away from Tom Brady, who's been known to lose important games... As many as he's won, I mean, he won three Super Bowls. That was a long time ago. That was twelve. Those were twelve of his wins, or I think eleven. I, I'm not sure if they had a buy. Doesn't matter. Um, the majority of his wins were in the early to mid 2000s, and he's lost two Super Bowls since. He lost to Baltimore last year. Like he's on, he's on the decline, especially with the loss of pretty much all of his star position players on offense. One in jail and one on the one on the bench with the tight ends. Losing Wes Welker, um, this is the year where Andrew Luck can run over Tom Brady and make it to the AFC Championship game, which we all thought that Andrew Luck would do at a certain point, but we didn't think he would do it this fast. Well, one of the things, too, that Andrew Luck and his offensive line have to be aware of is right now the defensive line is studying him big time, and he gave them a lot of film to study because Absolutely. he had a lot of plays. So, you know, if they aren't sitting down moment to moment and going through every single aspect and every single twitch that he and the entire offensive line have and really studying the, the you know, the opposing side across the ball to figure out what they do and how they do it and when they do it, um, then, you know, Andrew Luck will run all over him and his offensive line. Yeah, no, that's true. And, and I do believe that the way to beat Tom Brady is to score more points than him. I'm just, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> thank you for that. I appreciate the courtesy laugh. Kwame would have told me to shut up. Um, the uh, the way to beat Tom Brady is to put pressure on him. Obviously, everybody knows that you put pressure on a star quarterback who doesn't like getting touched normally. They have one of the best offensive lines in football, as they have in his tenure there, because you know that you need to keep Tom Brady off the ground. If you can pressure him, rough him up a little bit, that's when you beat him. And that's when he makes mistakes, and that's when he puts the ball on the ground, because he is... He he's the most immobile quarterback in the. I mean, him and Peyton well, and Manning are tied, and Philip Rivers. And that's when he screams at everybody else around him, so he starts losing his oh, own stop ability. It. <laughs> you're, you're backing I up knew the you'd rookies. Love that. You're I backing knew you'd up Kemba Tompkins for not running a route correctly. <laughs> this is week. This is week forty six compared to week two, and that when that happened, and it got him pretty far. I do believe. I do have a memory. Uh, uh, so um, that's the way for Indianapolis to to obviously beat uh, New England. Is to pressure, pressure, pressure Tom Brady. Make him throw for 380 yards and four touchdowns under pressure. You have to be able to take that, especially on the road. So that game, I'm excited about. Do you have anything else to say about that game? No. Okay. Um, the next one is that's going to be super exciting is uh, New England, uh, New Orleans, and Seattle. I picked uh, New Orleans. 
I, I truly believe that New Orleans will rectify the, the, the game that they lost to the 7-9 Matt Hasselbeck, uh, Seattle Seahawks uh, a couple years back. I do believe that this is the year that Drew Brees will be a playoff road-winning quarterback. And I think that it's, even with Pierre Thomas out, he, and maybe he'll be healthy for this game, and he'll play if he if he can walk. Um, I do believe that this is the time where it shows that Russell Wilson isn't ready to win yet, and it'll show how much better Andrew Luck is than Russell Wilson to actually lead a team and not just rely on your defense and your running game. So I do believe that that will happen, and that's in, obviously my opinion. Um, but yeah, I'm excited for that one. I'm very, very excited for that one. Do you, do you have anything? Do you, do you care about that one? I do. I care about it. Sure, I care about it. I care about football in general. So, uh, yeah, I'm not sure if I 100 percent agree with you because I think you know I, I love the hunger that's going on right now with all the different teams. You know, like we said earlier, and I think we even said it off the air, was that this last week in NFL football was so freaking exciting that we just don't know what's going to happen because everybody seems to be stepping up their game and we're getting plays out of people that we didn't know that they could make those kind of plays. So I'm not sure if I really want to bet on New Orleans. Um, and I'm really excited to see the game. Yeah. So. Okay. So I don't, I don't. Okay. Let's let's finish with NFL. What we can talk. Okay. Um, <laughs> should they extend the amount of playoff teams in the NFL? They're, they're talking about extending oh, it to seven. Lord, I Talk, hate they're to talking see about that. adding one more team, so where the only the team that has the number one overall record gets a buy. Because obviously buys don't matter. I mean, I, and, and in my opinion, I believe buys could be a crutch at a certain point. It, even it, it, uh, unless you have a much older team that actually needs the rest. Ask Peyton Manning how much buys helped him when he was in Indianapolis. He had a bunch of one and outs, and a couple of them were at the hands of the Chargers because you play that first game, and you already have the momentum. You're not. It's it's right. difficult to yeah. come off to, to, especially with regards to you and and what what you preach. You need to have the mental and emotional toughness. And if you're off for a week watching these teams play, it's got to be a crutch at a certain point. It's it's got to be not a hundred percent positive that a buy is a good thing. If I was guaranteed well, a win in my first round game, I'd rather play the game than have a buy. Well, that's the thing. I mean, during that off season, you, uh, that off week or a couple weeks, you can be you know rebuilding your body, which is good. But at the same time, when you're watching other teams play and all you want to do is be out there playing, you're also building. Uh, you're also um, burning up a lot of energy, a lot of stress, a lot of worry, a lot of everything going on. So, I mean, it can be it can be a very negative thing at the same time, and you can lose momentum, as you mentioned. Yeah. So uh, that's you know what. It's fine. Either way, uh, I I do enjoy the the excitement that came down this year. There wouldn't have been that much excitement this year if uh, if there was a seven team in for both. I mean, the Cardinals would have gotten in, which have been fine. Um, the whole AFC thing, how the Chargers got into the playoffs, having in week sixteen having the three teams lose they needed to lose, in week seventeen having three teams to lose they that they needed to lose with them winning in week seventeen, like that excitement. Wouldn't have been there. I mean, Plus, I'm sorry, I, the Steelers wouldn't have made it either way. But <laughs> it, I mean, it would take it takes away some of the allure of the excitement of football. You every game is so important that it would turn into the NBA where over 50 percent of the teams make the playoffs. So well, every game doesn't really matter as much as the next one. And that's the thing. I hate to see them screw with something that is working so well and has worked so well for so long just because the NFL wants more money. 
um, you know, more games, more money, more TV time, more commercials, more whatever. Um, I, I kind of like it the way it is. Yeah, I mean, and I think that there's any any sport that should adopt this would be baseball because you play 162 games, <laughs> you play 162 games, and only five, six teams make. Like it's, I feel like if you play that long of a season, more teams should be rewarded. And now they're doing the one game wild card, which is fine. I do believe that that'll turn into a three game series at some point within the next couple of years, so that'll kind of uh, wet the beaks of people that that want to see a little bit more playoff baseball. But I, in the NFL, I agree with you. I mean, I think that six is perfect. Reward the teams, the top two teams that, that have the best records to get buys, get home field advantage. I understand that. That's fine. Uh, I, I, I don't believe that it will happen. Um, I, and again, I don't want it to happen. But if it happens, you get an extra playoff game every week So for the first two weeks. So, I mean, that won't suck if, if it ends up happening. So um, we do have to leave. Um, I wish we had one more hour. That's all I needed, Kevin. Um, you already got four days. Alex Clancy, Deborah Debris in studio. I will be will be off Wednesday. We'll be back Thursday, 10 a.m., 12 p.m. Eastern. Kwame Lasseter Sports. I do believe Kwame will be back then as well. Uh, enjoy your day. Alex Clancy, Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk, and Deborah. It's been real. for tuning in this week. Join us every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time for another edition of Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.